Good morning to you all. Good morning. I'm getting excited this morning preaching my sermon. And especially with a great introduction from Luke. You know, I'm looking forward to your message. And coming out of the prayer room with uh, Emerson said, thank you for preaching. Every week, we usually Skype with our families if they are able. It is exciting to see the changes in our grandchildren as they grow, both uh, physically and mentally. With the present technology, we are able to watch a lot of their first in their lives. Although we are still in winter, but for sure spring is definitely waiting around the corner. It is also exciting to start growing things. It never ceases to amaze me to see how a tiny seed can grow into a plant that can flower and then bear seeds for the next run. How God is a wonderful God. God loves us and wants to save us from the penalty of our sins. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We are encouraged to grow spiritually. 2 Peter 3.18, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. We are admonished to grow in a certain fashion. John 3.30 He must increase, but I must decrease. We are told the ultimate objective of our growth. Romans 8.29 For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. This morning, the theme of my message is excitement of spiritual growth. We are going to examine the various areas that we need to grow. To help us to remember, I'm going to use the word growth as an acronym. G stands for grace. R stands for righteousness. O stands for obedience. W stands for walking. T stands for trust. And H stands for humility. Number one, grace. It is important that we pray for one another. It is exciting that we can pray for one another to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord. We are all at different stages of growth in our spiritual lives. What makes our lives exciting is our ability to grow. Second Peter 3.18 But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. What does it mean to grow in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? Grace is the practical demonstration of the fruit of the Spirit. If you are in Christ and filled with the Spirit, you will grow and bear fruit. So please examine your own lives to see if there is any fruit, not others. Pray to God if you are a little lacking in this area. Galatians 5.22 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Growth 
in grace is not increased in head knowledge and tireless activities, but increasing in the lightness of our Lord and Savior. Don't be puffed up with head knowledge. We all need heart knowledge where the rubber meets the road. Don't just keep spinning the wheel. You might be active, but are you productive? Let us live the exciting lives of growing in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, righteousness. If salvation is based on my righteousness, I will be saved the one moment and not be saved the next moment. We can be righteous sometimes, but not all the time. We can obey God's command occasionally, but we sin at other times. The scripture clearly teaches it teaches that we cannot count on our own righteousness. They are fickle like leaves blowing in the wind, going in all different directions. Isaiah 64 verse 6. But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. The Bible explicitly teaches that we are not saved by our own righteousness. It is the Holy Spirit who convicts us of our sins. It is God's mercy that he does not give us the punishment that we deserve. Titus 3.5 Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of his generation and renewing of the Holy Ghost. If we cannot count on our own righteousness, if we cannot be saved based on our own righteousness, how can we be saved? Our hope is in Christ. When He is our Lord and Savior, we are to be clothed in Christ's righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30 But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the only righteous one. Hebrews 1, 8. But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. We are to have Christ's righteousness through faith in him. Philippians 3.9 And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. When God the Father sees us, he sees Christ's righteousness, not our sins. We are to live unto righteousness, thereby growing in Christ. First Peter 2.24 Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. It is exciting to come before the throne of grace and be clothed with Christ's righteousness, communing with God not only as creator and creature, but also as friend with friend. Number three, obedience. There's a world of difference between the result of disobedience 
and the result of obedience to God's command. Romans 5.19, For as by one man's disobedience, many will make sinners, so by, one, but so by the ob obedience of one shall many be made righteous. In Genesis, God gave the following command to Adam and Eve. Genesis 2, verse 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt truly die. Both Adam and Eve disobeyed God. The whole human race became sinners and must suffer the consequence of their sins. Jesus was obedient to his Father in the Garden of Gethsemane. Matthew 26, verse 39. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thy wilt. Jesus was obedient to his Father at the cross of Calvary. John 19.30 When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Jesus' obedience to die on the cross secure forgiveness of our sins and we can claim his righteousness as our own by believing in his name. Since this obedience of man brought death to the human race, we should not take this obedience lightly. Since the obedience of Jesus brought such tremendously different consequences, the forgiveness of sin and the hope of eternal life, we should take obedience seriously. How can we grow without obedience? You tell me. Suppose you have a plant that you want it to grow, the plant needs water, nutrients, and sunshine. When you disobey the law of nature and deprive the plant of any of the three necessary conditions, the plant will not be healthy. The plant will wither and die. In a similar fashion, we need to follow the laws of spiritual growth and obey the commands of the Lord our obedience results not only in spiritual growth, but also the attainment of our spiritual health. Just as a healthy lawn impedes the growing of the weeds, a healthy Christian is stronger in resisting temptation, easier in fighting off distractions, and firmer in addressing adversities. Why do we have so many problems obeying the commands of the Lord? I will attempt to answer this question by asking three more questions. Were the commands of the law not given? Were the commands of the law not clear? Were the commands of the law well hidden? The resounding answer is no. There is a preponderance of commands of the law given among the pages of the Bible. Though not every command is applicable to us. We have to read carefully, carefully to learn the context of the passage. We have to consider to whom the command was addressed. Is the command addressed to one person 
a group of people or to Christian in general. The commands of the Lord were clear. Matthew 11, 29. Come unto me, all ye that labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. John 15, 4. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. Also Luke 9.23, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross daily, and follow me. The commands of the Lord were not hidden at all. They were plain for us to see. Let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to read from 16 to 22. Verse 16, Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesize things. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. And finally, verse 22, abstain from all appearance of evil. The commands of the law were given. The commands of the law were clear. The commands of the law were not hidden. There's absolutely no excuse for you not to obey unless you are still a self-willed child. Refusing to obey because you are stubborn, immature, insincere, and living according to your flesh. Obey the commands of the law to ensure spiritual growth. Number four, walking. We cannot walk with God holding on to our own agenda. We cannot walk with God insisting on doing things our ways. We cannot walk with God being stubborn in our thinking. There's only one way that we can walk with God. It is to agree to His ways. It is to follow His footsteps. It is to heed His instructions. Amos Chapter 3, verse 3. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Our God is omnipotent, omniscient. He knows everything. He knows all things. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what we are thinking before we have the thought. He knows what we are going to ask before we pose the question. We can have full confidence in His ways. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Walking with the Lord is a healthy exercise. The more we walk with Him, the more we please Him, and we grow thereby. First Thessalonians 4, verse 1. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. 
Are we walking in our Lord Jesus Christ and following the path He has for us? Colossians 2 6. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. Is our walk worthy of the Lord? Is our walk pleasing to Him? Are we bearing fruit for Him? Are we knowing Him more intimately? Colossians 1.10 That ye may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. It is exciting to be walking with the Lord. Listen to Him, obey Him, and follow Him. Psalm 128 verse 1 Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. Number five, trust. Look at the world around us. You cannot trust anyone anymore. People whom you usually respect and trust are found to be guilty of betraying their trust. Committing unspeakable evils, abusing their power and authorities. And this is exactly what the Bible teaches. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. The Bible teaches us to trust God rather than people. Psalm 118 verse 8 It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. God saves us not because of what he wants to get from us. God save us because of what he wants to give us. Romans 8.32 He that spareth not his own son, but deliver him up for us all, how shall he not be with, not with him also freely give us all things? God is not only omniscient, all-knowing, God is also omnipotent, almighty, how can we not trust him? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. It is exciting <coughs> to put our trust in God, who made us, seek us, save us, keep us, and coming for us. Finally, number six, humility. Imagine that you are a proud person. Maybe you don't have to imagine. You are proud. People try to teach you something. You say, I know that already. People try to show you another thing. You say, I have already learned that too. You cannot really learn if you are not humble. If you don't learn, you don't grow. It's just plain and simple. The scripture tells us to see others better than we are. Philippians 2.3 Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Humility in the presence of the Lord is of paramount importance. James 4.10 Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you. You up. Humility between one another should be normal practice. Colossians 3 verse 12 Put on therefore as the elect of God, 
holy and beloved, powerful mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering. In First Peter five, verse five and six. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourself unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. It is exciting to live a humble life that pleases our God. Humility fosters respect. Respect sets attention. Attention instills concentration. And concentration improves listening. Listening increases learning. And learning encourages growth. I would like to thank Steve for preparing the Bible quizzes each week to stimulate our children to grow spiritually. I would like to thank all the parents who encourage and help their children to grow by setting good examples, spending quality times, and most importantly, praying often for their children. I would like to thank God for giving me this opportunity to share with you what he has laid upon my heart. To God be the glory, great things he has done. May we all grow into the image of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's conclude our service by singing 531 in the Red Hymnal, Have Thine Own Way, Lord. 531 in the Red Hymnal, Have Thine Own Way, Lord. Thank you.